This is Michelle Dawes Burt of Real Chicks Rock. And this is RCR Presents Real Discussions, the podcast. Enjoy. afternoon and welcome to RCR Presents Real Discussions. I'm your host for today, Michelle Dosberg, and I'm super excited. I know I don't, I don't sound it, but I am. We are here. We're live. Um, good afternoon. Just a lot of things going on today, but um, first and foremost, thank you for listening and joining us today. Um, I'm pretty excited about today's topic because it's about healthy relationships. I am down a guest today. Yes, unfortunately. Um, Erica could not make it today. Um, some things ha- are happening in her life that she had to address, so she's with us in spirit. I'm going to try to make sure I bring up some of the comments and some of the, her viewpoints throughout the conversation today, but I do have Natalie. How Hi, Natalie. I'm well. Thank you. Thank you for joining us. Um, For those that are listening, Real Chicks Rock is all about the empowerment of women, and we do it through various different platforms and vehicles. Natalie brought me a ball today. I'm squeezing a ball. Um, And I needed. I didn't realize I was going to need it, so thank you, Natalie. We do do it through community service, mentoring, public speaking, our apparel line, the T-shirts. Thanks, guys. People are wanting me to resurrect that some more, so be on the lookout. We're coming out with a a new um, design before the year is out for the T-shirts. And then we do it through the arts, which is this platform, which is media, which is why we're here today. So super excited about always having the opportunity to talk to you guys this way. So thanks for joining us. So today's topic is healthy relationships, healthy, healthy, healthy. Natalie, tell the people a little bit about yourself because you've been here before, right? Twice before? Once before. Once before. So this is your second time. So welcome back. Thank you. So just give a little intro, a little bit about your, uh, who you are and what you do for a living, because I think the things that you share today will have credibility based on what you do. So yes. tell them, Natalie. Tell them. Hi. <laughs> Good afternoon, everyone. And again, Michelle, I'm so happy oh, to be here. Thank this you. is such a great platform. Thank and you. these discussions are so, so needed. Yes. Um, so I'm Natalie Ellis. I am a mental health therapist, a licensed professional counselor in the state of Georgia. I practice out of Decatur, Georgia. Um, I've been practicing since 2000. Um, and I've been licensed since 2001 in mm-hmm. providing therapy. So a lot of my work is doing therapy with individuals with trauma. Mm. Um, and as we know, based on our experiences, it impacts our mental health. And um, oftentimes I have a lot of clients with lots of trauma and that impacts their relationships. So this is, again, a great topic. Yeah. Mental health and relationships goes hand in hand. It does. Mental health with everything goes hand yeah. in hand. Um, so this is great in talking about healthy relationships. So. Again, I'm a licensed professional counselor. I've been practicing almost close to, at this point, 18 years. Um, I've had a private practice for the last six years. Mm-hmm. been working with um, individuals as young as three to adults and couples um, as old as or as young as 70. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've been doing this a very long time, and um, and 
I see the benefits of um, getting therapy mm. and having these discussions. And these are tough discussions, and it's and it's hard because having to come sit on the chair or on the couch um, takes a lot of strength and vulnerability mm. at the same time. Mm. So it's strength to come in and vulnerability to share all that stuff, yes. but it's definitely worth it, and it does feel like a load off. So I'm glad we are having this yes. discussion. Yes, let's talk about it. So okay. there, there's a couple of different ways we can approach it. So I'm going to talk about it from the mental health perspective. And we've talked about mental health before yes, on yes. this on this platform, but it it's always it always bears repeating. I don't. I think for the essence of this conversation today, I don't think that. Um, the people that are listening are really struggling as we've talked about mental health before. Mm -hmm. I think it's just common everyday yes. relationships that we, we just kind of want to talk about and deal with. And there's so many different dynamics because we have the family, our mother, our father, our siblings, mm -hmm. then we have our kids, and then we have people that we want to be intimate with or we're married with or partners, and then we have relationships at work, and there's so many different different forms of relationships. Yes. You are so right. And you know, <laughs> another very important relationship that we often don't think about mm. because it happens, it happens kind of, um, after, after mm. words, I guess, in some ways, mm -hmm. is the relationship with ourself. Ah, we never talk about we that. We don't ever talk about that. We don't that. talk about that. And that becomes um, very important because some, we have, a lot of us have a lot of bad relationships with ourselves or poor relationships with ourselves, with, with, which then in turn influences our What's a bad relationship, Natalie, with ourselves? What, what, talk to me a little bit about that. <sighs> I'm squeezing the ball. I'm stupid. I'm, I'm so ugly. A stupid, I'm ugly. right. Oh. I'm stupid, I'm ugly, I can't ever do anything right. No one loves me. Wow. Why am I here? Wow. Right? So these, yeah. these messages we tell ourselves. Hmm. So we don't even need anybody to tell us these mm. things. We're telling ourselves these messages and that in turn influences our mental health. Yes. And also influences how we also interact with others. Right. And, with and others. the decisions that we make. I've, I've also heard things like um, people will say, and I, and I might have said it too long time ago, I, I don't know what you see in me. Okay. Yes. Right? Yes. I don't know what you see in me. Why are you with me? Why are you talking to me? Yes. Why are we together? Yes. Like trying to do, like downplay or we dumb ourselves dumb down. Our, we she said it. She down. said yes. it. I didn't say it. We do. I didn't say it. We do in every way, you know, um, even in terms of uh, our, our intellect, mm. our um, our weight. Oh, you look good in that dress. I can never wear that. I'm too fat. Whatever we say, uh, um, the things that we say that we know is putting ourselves down. We put ourselves down. Mm. We dumb ourselves down. And yes, and that's the if, that, if that's the relationship we have with our, with ourselves. How do we expect it to be any different with other people? Awesome point. Right? So that very um, first step in shifting or changing or creating healthy relationships, we must create it with ourselves too. Mm. Where do those voices come from, Natalie? Why do we condemn ourselves typically? Is it just, is it based on previous relationships or experiences yeah. or yeah. what happens typically? Sure. Um, so of course there's the genetic piece of, of us growing up, um, you know, um, in terms of as babies, what mm -hmm. we're born with genetically. So that influences our thinking and, and things of that sort. There's organic stuff going on too, but but experiences, so we'll focus on primarily on experiences, mm -hmm. yes, and experiences do influences those messages that we hear. And that begins very early on, mm -hmm. very early on as a baby. The baby, the message a baby's getting when the baby's hungry is 
whether or not it's fed right away or it's not fed, whether mm. or not it's picked up, it's held. Mm. The baby's receiving messages mm -hmm. before they even have words. Nice. Okay. okay. And so these messages then become, we internalize it and, and then externalize it at the same time. Okay. Right? Okay. And so, so these are, so there's unspoken messages that we receive as babies and, and then we keep, it keeps going in our relationships. Mm -hmm. So like you mentioned, relationships with our moms, relationships with our dads, relationships with, with our family members. So all these relationships and then relationships with our, with our mates, with our yeah. intimate partners. And that just kind of feeds onto it. But again, the very, First relationships are those with our parents, mm. you know, and that again impacts a lot of those other relationships. So things, this it's some of the things that are the messaging that said when we're kids, when we're babies. Yes. Oh, you're so cute. Yes, you're beautiful. Mm -hmm. Those are important messages. I love you more than life itself, yeah. right? Yeah, I mean harmless things. Harmless, harmless things, things and we're good. Very, very important. Very important yes. to get that. And then the other side of that is you're ugly. Uh, you look just like your father. <laughs> you act just like your father. You act just like right? your father. I'm so going to, I'm going to, and I'm putting myself in the seat today. I'm going to be <laughs> Natalie's patient today because okay. I got some stuff that Natalie can use for this conversation. You, you act just like your father. Um, I don't know what your mom saw in your dad. Mm. Ooh, 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 heavy, yeah, heavy. heavy. Right. It happens. It happens. Don't know what happens in other cultures. I'm speaking from an African American black situation, perhaps. Right. So when things, when things, um, sometimes when parents or loved ones, even our friends yes. can say these things, they say things like, I don't know what you see in that guy. I don't know why you with her or whatever the case may be. And so it infuses this this negativity, right? Sure. In, in your, in your psyche. Sure. And whatever it is that you're already coming in with. So obviously again, from birth, messages are implanted in you, mm. positive or negative messages mm. are already implanted. Mm -hmm. Right. And so now as you start experiencing the world outside of your family, right. Those messages are following you. They're still with right? you. They're mm -hmm. still with you. And, um, they could be reinforced mm -hmm. depending on what's already been said. It could be reinforced by the world around you or, how are the new messages gets gets implanted in? How does one try to shake the messaging off? What do, what should what is the first thing a person should do to kind of sure. rid of rid themselves of yeah, that? Yeah, the first thing that I would always suggest, and this is in my first session, towards the end of my first session with every client, and it doesn't matter how old or how young, and of course I have to speak in their in their terms in their language, depending on how old they are. Self awareness. Hmm. Self-awareness is the key. And that takes practice because, mm -hmm. again, you know, when you've been living for a long time, you just tend to um, function and keep going and really not aware of all these components. Right. right? But self-awareness is the first step in helping us become aware of what's going on with us. And mm -hmm. so that's self-awareness in regards to our um, self-esteem, mm -hmm. our self-awareness in regards to what's going on in our thinking patterns, mm -hmm. what's going on in our emotional patterns, what's going on in our beha behavior patterns, mm -hmm. as well as what's going on in our body, because right. our body tells us things as okay. well. And so once we start becoming aware of all these different components, then we could, we could say, oh, okay, I'm noticing I say I'm ugly. And every time we say we say these things, whether we're conscious of it, because after a while things become so unconscious, mm -hmm. right? And once we notice that we do that, then saying that automatically brings on a certain type of emotion, mm -hmm. it brings on a certain type of behavior, right? And it may it may do something also to our body, mm -hmm. right? And so the key with clients, I tell them we need to start paying attention to these patterns, and it's particularly the negative patterns mm -hmm. in our thoughts, in our behaviors, in our actions, and everywhere. 
And so with that first step, then once we start recognizing, then we could make choice to do something different. Right. Yeah. Right. So is it, I guess it's important for us to start having a self-care regimen, if you will. That's a big part of it, too. Every yes. day. Daily. Another thing that we don't realize, and you touched on it, is that our words yes. Very powerful. are so powerful. So, for example, I love you. Mm-hmm. means the world and then i and hate you, you. Us, i saw that warmth i don't want that warmth right now because now i'm gonna say i hate you <laughs> right i can't mm-hmm. stand you you get on my nerves or a favorite you make me sick mm-hmm. yeah and we're so quick to say that so quick to, and, and not noticing again the message that it's, mm-hmm. it's sending out but also the the intensity of the emotion it also mm-hmm. sends out and what it creates to the individual that's receiving this mm-hmm. information mm-hmm. you know um, and after a while and I hear this a lot with clients kids as well as adults they're numb then after a while you just get numb to it yeah and numbing because you because again depending on how much hurt and pain you've experienced um, numbing helps protect you from those things but also numbing keeps good experiences from yeah. happening too uh- Say that again, yeah, please. Say Numbing again. keeps positive experience and uh-huh. good experiences from happening or from keeps you from feeling those good things, too. Because you're stagnant. Right. You're stuck. You're trying to keep yourself from feeling things, hmm. from, ex- whether it's through experiences or not keeping in a detachment or, you know, you know, doing whatever you need to do in order to not feel um, connected. So then you deal with your surface stuff. Right. Right? It's kind of a little superficial. Right. We're only fun- functioning in the superficial. Right. Just to a certain degree, a certain level, we're really not going to get deep because... Right. Because then I might get hurt if I get deep, mm. if I get too attached, if I if I actually do end up liking you. Ooh. What may happen if you hurt my feelings? Ooh. You know, and relationships is all about that. So when I talk to clients also about um, being in healthy relationships, yes, it is a risk. Yes. You know, love is a risk. It's very risky. It's a risk. Yes, it's it's a risk. And so, so a lot of that is recognizing, you know, um, whether or not you're willing to take that risk, and who you're going to take the risks with. Mm Because there's there's people that, if they've shown that they're not worthy of that risk, Mm -hmm. then we have to do something different. Mm -hmm. So, it's not. It's definitely not okay to take that risk just with anyone. Right. Sure. But it is a risk. It's a risk. So what happens is is because. And I'm going, I'm going to use me. Okay. Let me put the disclaimer. I'm very happy right okay. now. I am, but I'm going to use me as an example. So I have an issue. I have issues. I just listen. I'm just going to be superficial. I'm going to deal on the surface. I don't want you to get too close. Mm-hmm. I really, I really want people to love me sure. and to like me, but there's just so far that I'm going to go because of past and previous experiences. Yes. I, you know, I have problems with forgiveness. Okay. Right. Look how your face lit up, man. You couldn't see that. Her face like lit up. So how do I deal with forgiveness, the forgiveness and forgiving others? What, what do I need to do? Is that possible for me? Sure. I think part of forgiveness, and I have a colleague who talks greatly about this topic, um, forgiveness. And one of the things she talks about is that oftentimes people have misconceptions Mm -hmm. and myths about forgiveness. Okay. Right. And so forgiveness means that everything that they did is okay. You know, if I forgive this person, that means, you know what, it's okay, whatever they did. Whereas that's not, that's not the case. That's not the case. Forgiveness doesn't necessarily mean that you're buddy, buddy with that person. Okay. Okay. Um, Forgiveness doesn't necessarily mean that, um, you forget Okay. Right? Okay. Um, But I think because there's these misconceptions about forgiveness, then we're thinking that we shouldn't forgive. 
Mm. Um, but forgiveness is primarily for you. Really? Forgiveness is for our own. For ourselves? It's really for, for me? It's not yes. for the other person? It's not for the other person. So how do I win by forgiveness? What is the benefit for me? If, I, if somebody did me wrong or I felt some type of injustice was done to me mm-hmm. and I forgive them, how does that benefit me? Well, part of it is recognizing what it does to you when you're holding on to that anger, mm. right? And mm. so the first step will be is recognizing that. So before we could heal and before we could forgive and do other things, we first have to recognize the pain and hurt. Okay. Yes, we do okay. have to recognize these things too. Okay. Not dismiss it. Okay. So forgiveness is not about, ah, let me just forget about it or not talk about what happened or, or pretend it didn't okay. happen. No, it's not about that. Okay. We still have to acknowledge and recognize what happened and, and confront at times, if need be, mm. um, what happened, and then at the same time recognize what it's doing to 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 us mm-hmm. as individuals. Um, oftentimes, we're angry at someone, mm. and we don't want to forgive the hurt and pain impacts. Yes. So mental health, there's strong correlation with mental health and physical health. So I mm. constantly have to say that. Mm. So again, um, because again, when we're when we're mentally drained when we're mentally burdened mm. it impacts the body yeah and then our body gets weak and our body you know starts to be affected by that starts to shut um, down starts to shut down mm. correct and so when you're angry at someone kind of notice those patterns in terms of what happens to your body when you think about them when they're around when this and, and the anger and whatever is built yeah. up right yeah yeah. So the forgiveness in some ways is about having, how do you let some of that stuff go for you? Okay. Not for them. Not for them. So it's for me. So in some, sometimes Natalie, it's not even really so much anger. Mm-hmm. I think because you open up and you let people in Yes. Mm-hmm. and they do something, it's really, you're disappointed sure. yes. in what happened. And yes. I think that sometimes we have problems in moving from that level of disappointment. Sure. And so then we create another fence and say, and then, then there's this passive aggressive behavior. Sure. Cause now it's like, yeah, we're cool, but we're cool to a certain extent right. or a certain degree because I'm not going to let you in again. Right. Right. And it's about having that discussion because tr- trust mm. is also broken, mm. you know, because again, when people hurt us emotionally, we, it's hard to trust them emotionally. Uh. Right? Ah, mm-hmm. um, and so, yeah, there's a, there's a bond that's broken and a trust that's broken. Mm. So, yeah, we have to say that, you know what, because of this, I can no longer trust you emotionally. Right. I mean, right. trust you in this manner, because right. obviously if you're maintaining contact, you trust them at some level. To a certain degree. To a certain degree. <laughs> and there's different, there's different levels of trust. There's yes. different levels of relationships. Yes. There's different layers and levels of a lot of things. Yes. Right? Yes. Um, and so it's about having that conversation with that individual and deciding whether or not you want to move past that, and I guess depending also on the relationship, right. the kind of relationship, right. whether right. Or we, we, we should work on moving past mm-hmm. that, you know? Um, so, yes, yeah, it's, it's about having conversations. Mm. Yeah. And, and being genuine and being um, open and vulnerable to whatever it is you're feeling. Yeah. Because when somebody um, breaks a trust, an emotional trust, it's hard to feel safe. Mm, right. Safe. So going back to those original relationships I was talking about. Again, with our parents, 
We get emotional mm-hmm. safety, mm-hmm. right? When we mm-hmm. cry and someone picks us, tells us it's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. emotional safety. Yes. And so when you get that from people, from people that love you, you, you tend to expect this is what people do, mm-hmm. right? Emotional safety, um, attachment, security. So all the trust, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, you're trusting, you, you know, when your parents are providing, doing the things that they're doing for you, you're, as a child, you're trusting that they, they're, they're doing what, what they say they're going to do. Right. Right. And so all these things happen at that time. And then we, we expect these things from people that we, that we relate we, with. Right. We're relating with. Right. 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 Or not, depending on what, or whether not. or not it happened. Or not. Or not. Sometimes we don't get it. So we put a lot on our parents, right? Unfor- yeah. Unfortunately or fortunately. Um, some parents get it. They know. And, and some parents do the best that they can with where they've come from. Sure. So there might be some deficiencies. There might be some, I don't want to say dysfunction, mm-hmm. but there, I think parents may, certain parents may do things differently. Yes. And so therefore your experiences growing up are going to be maybe a mirror image of that. I think it's difficult for some people for most of us, and I use me as an example, to break a cycle, mm-hmm. right? Because it's something you've known your whole, your whole life, right? Sure. Until you're like an adult. And then you come out in the world, you have other experiences with other people. And you're like, well, how do I change? Then, mm-hmm. then we get in this space. Well, that's just who I am. I can't change. I, this is all I know. So how do we kind of break that? Is that possible? Sure, sure. <clears throat> and I think a lot of it is also going back to that self-awareness. Mm. And so one of the things I also talk to clients about is, again, that first relationship is with ourselves. And so recognizing who are you? Right. Right? Who are you? And I often get, I don't know. I don't know who I am. Because, mm. again, and particularly for women, this is a lot more so for women. For women, we we try to be who others want us to be mm. because we're caretakers. So we try to fit into, you know, when we have a boyfriend or a man, we try to be what you want. Yeah. Um, you know, <laughs> parents were trying to please parents, trying to be what they want. Yeah. Um, so oftentimes women lose themselves in their relationships, right. different relationships. And so figuring out who who am I? And and part of it, and I tell people, when, when you're making your list, of who are you please include the good the bad and the ugly all of it because that is who we are no one's perfect right nobody's perfect so we're 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 all these things and then how do we embrace that Hmm. you know how do we embrace the ugly and recognizing okay this is something i need to work on this is something i need to change sure but first have to embrace it and recognize it and do the things necessary to make that next step. But the issue for us as women or the opportunity is, is that we, we typically don't want to show our ugly and we don't want to show our bad, but then that's a false sense of who we are. It is a false sense because then we're hiding. Mm. Right. Mm. Because then we'll only also show just enough. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Or, or I have this one time in my practice, I did the mirror challenge. I had women look at themselves in the mirror and I have a lot of women who have a hard time looking at themselves mm-hmm. in the mirror. Mm-hmm. Because again, if you know you're ugly, but if you also got issues with your ugly and you don't want people to know, see it, then you're also, you're hiding from yourself. Also. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like, you're just trying to, no, we're not, we don't need to deal with that. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're, no, you're hiding. Right. No. No, but that creates its its problem. That creates problem because let's say in relationships or particularly intimate relationships, we want people to love us for us. Mm -hmm. We're having a hard time loving ourselves. Say, I want Natalie, please say that again. Sure, say that. We want people to love us (laughs) for us, but we have a hard time loving ourselves for who we are. Yeah. 
And it's not just women. And it's not just women. It is not just no, women. Unfortunately, um, there are some men that struggle with the same thing. Very much so. There's insecurity and there's fear and there's doubt. Oh, lots and there's, of that. Which is why we have a lot of these men who engages, who engage in unhealthy, inappropriate mm. behaviors. You know, and it's not to rationalize their behavior, but a lot of them are broken. A lot of them are insecure. Very, very insecure, um, immature, insecure, and, and they engage in those behaviors and they, unfortunately, they don't know any better. And so, again, in relationships, it's, it's, it's a two-way street in every relationship, right? We, we teach people how to treat us. Okay. Right? So if it's not okay to do this, we have to set those boundaries with people, whether okay. we love them or not. It has nothing to do with how they treat us. We could love somebody and they're mistreating us. Right. It's not okay. It's not okay. Right. It's not okay to mistreat someone. So first we have to identify what that is for ourselves. How do I want to be treated? You know, that may be, that may also need to be, I need to also figure out who am I to kind of know who do I want to be treated? Mm. All that works together. Yeah. Right. And so we have to, with that client sitting in front of me, man or woman, we're having these type of conversations mm. to figure that out. Not what anybody else wants you to be. Mm. Mm. But, but what society says, but who are you? Yeah. And a lot of times we don't know. A lot of times. And keeping it real, we don't figure that out. Some of us until late. Yes. I'm raising my hand. I'm raising my hand for those <laughs> that can't see me. We don't figure that out until, until later, later in life. Sure. Because it's a couple of things. It's enough is enough. When you get sick and tired of feeling or or viewing things a certain way, then you start to seek change for yourself. You do. And you start to think differently. You start speaking to yourself differently. You start talking differently about what you want and what your requirements are because you, you have more clarity as to who you are as a person. And so there's a there's a line of give and take, right? Yes. So we do, there's ebbs and flows and we, we bend and we yes. give and take to a certain degree. And then when you feel like you're, you're losing part of yourself or you're coming, you're moving too far away from what's a comfort level for you, mm-hmm. then you have to stop the breaks. You have to stop and you have a conversation. You say, this isn't working, right? Right. I got to stop. Cause I feel like I'm not where I need to be. And it's very hard. Sure. It's extremely hard to look at yourself. It is. And to do a self-assessment. Self-assessment. And right. to really not beat yourself up in a negative way, but to be honest and say, I am all of these things. I'm, right. I'm all of these, um, these people, or, you know, I have all of these, um, opportunities going on inside of me. So it's, it's very difficult to get to that. So yeah, we have to, you know, it takes a minute, it takes time, but over time and, you know, experiences come and they teach you and they help you grow and develop. And then you get that awareness. And then it's also changing your community or your circle of people Mm -hmm. because you got to have at least one, if not two people that are going to hold you accountable. And oftentimes, um, People might be apprehensive mm-hmm. in just sharing how they feel mm-hmm. or what they see in you. Right. And so then they just, um, you know, they stop. They don't say. And so you continue to carry on the way that you do. What I also notice is that um, when you're dealing with your truth, you tend to isolate yourself. Ah, yeah. Right? Because you don't want people to actually um, have 
insight or a preview of who you really are. So then you just kind of like, you know, you cut people off. You don't do things. You kind of stay to yourself. You're sociable to a certain degree. Mm -hmm. You say the right buzzwords. You know what I mean? You're just, you have certain patterns and things that you do and you continue to operate in this, in this space. And it's not the healthiest space for you. So I, you know, it's, it's a lot in order to, and then we've talked about this before from a mental health perspective that we as people of color, black people, we don't believe that there's something wrong with us. Like in cases, like even being physically sick, more or less mental. Cause if you can't put your hand on it, then girl, you are right. Nothing wrong with you. Mm -hmm. But there's sometimes you need, Mm -hmm a therapist or some form of counseling because you need an unbiased entity, yes. unbiased entity where you could just talk, talk, yeah, have a conversation mm-hmm. and really get to the root of things. I think what happens is oftentimes we don't want to get to the root because it could be dark, right? Roots are put in the ground for a reason because it's dark and nothing really happens. And so it can grow and it's dark. And so looking at our own darkness, mm-hmm. it scares you. It is. It's very scary. It's very scary. Very, very scary. Because then you have to hold those people accountable or you have to let them go, right, and forgive them, right? Mm-hmm. And sometimes we don't want to deal with that truth because we want to continue to hold on to that. Yes. And keep them in that position because then it'll give us the right to hold them there. Am I? Am I? Yep. That makes, us, okay. that makes a lot of sense. Okay. I'm free. And then because part of that too is when it's, it's also in some ways easier to blame or hold somebody else responsible for our happiness, for our choices. When we also have, we also had a choice in the matter. Right. Right. Okay. Not wanting to face that as Mm -hmm. well. Mm -hmm. Um, But yes, you brought up a lot of points that self-assessment. And I think it's important to, this is something people can do daily in, in, in spurts or weekly or monthly when we assess goals, when we um, assess who we are, because we're constantly changing, you know, Mm -hmm. every day we're constantly changing based on our experiences, based on our goals, based on the things we have going on. And so we have to constantly assess and reassess ourselves. And in that, we have to also do that with our relationships Mm -hmm. too. And so one thing I tell couples is, yeah, there needs to be a talk at least once a week where it's, where are we at? What's going on? You check in. A check in. You check in. You got to check in. And oftentimes the check-in happens when people are having arguments. Right. You know, when, it's when we're arguing, we're mad at each other. Now everything that pissed you <laughs> off, that's when it comes out. Well, that's not, that's, that's not the best time. Yeah. We're both on the defensive. Uh-huh. And um, once people are defensive, people are shutting down. But, not really listening. but you know, Natalie, sometimes people are not ready to communicate right sure. away. Sure. Um, for some people, it takes a little longer than others for them to get to a space yes. where they're calm enough to really stick to the facts and not really be emotional and just express how they feel, whatever the occurrence was or the situation is. Now, for me, it takes a minute. Uh, you know, it, it can't be timed, I guess. It depends on what the offense was. Sure. Um, but then when I'm in the seat of the res- as being the recipient, and if it takes somebody weeks to tell me what it is, then I feel a way. And that's not fair because, you know, everybody processes and handles things differently. But then I feel like then we've not resolved anything because you've got an issue. And I don't know you have an issue until like way down the road. And you go, remember that time when we were, and I was like, huh? (laughs) 
half the time I don't even remember what you're talking about. And you said this or this happened and your body language was this. That. I was like, huh? I, I don't even remember. Right, right, right. Um, you're absolutely right. And um, oftentimes you, I get from, well, I don't want to be mean. Mm. I don't want to hurt people's feelings. Mm-hmm. And so we are very um, <laughs> concerned about other people's feelings and that's, and that's important. It right? is. Um, it is. Yet at the same time, there's ways to express our needs without the, the intention of hurting right. someone else's feelings. Right. So I always let people know that too. That's not your intent. Your intent is not to let them hurt your feelings, to let, to hurt their feelings, but at the same time, you don't want to continue, you don't want them to continue to hurt your feelings. Right. Right. <laughs> right. Right. So we have to have that discussion. And um, you're right, even in the middle of discussions, I get a lot of couples, some couple want to address everything right away or, or one party in the relationship want to address the situation right away and then you have another party you want to you know take some time a little they bit. need a minute mm-hmm. so it's it's figuring out again um that relationship so that it, within every relationship there's a dance mm-hmm. i think there's a dance that takes place and it's becoming it's being aware and attuned to to your partner okay right and so and and addressing the situation and also um talking to your partner about about all that stuff because again there's some people who need a day Okay. They need some time. They need some time. They, so need, some they time. need some time. Even though you're ready now, but they need some time. Being ready now is going to create more. Of a it's going to create you a problem. Give them some time. You do. You have to give them some space, okay. and you got to be okay with that space. the The thing is, um, Natalie, uh, even though we're grown up and we're old enough, and we have kids of our own, there's still some skeletons in the closet yes. from our parents. Correct. And it's hard to talk to your parents it is it's hard very very hard because they're always right (laughs) it's It's hard because just this week alone two of my two of my clients those were some of their issues Mm. no clients and had things they want to address with well actually no they were actually teenage clients so these are adults that they're still parents are still living yes 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 just wanting to confront some of their um parents and then i've had some adult clients as well and people aren't Taking responsibility. Mm. You have some that happened so long ago. I didn't do that. You know. I never said that. Right. I never told you those things. Right. And yeah, because we're and because we're not we're not going down to we're not going down a black hole like a dark hole like we're not talking about molestation or rapes. We're and those things are extremely important. Please, we're not trying to belittle that right today. Today, we just want to deal with really like average normal normalcy we're trying to just deal with everyday healthy relationships because we we are struggling in in this dynamic of just getting along just getting along and just getting <laughs> here's the key just being happy with ourselves there are a lot of people that are not happy with themselves and so what happens is they go and recruit people hello I'm talking. They go and recruit people. Ooh, she looks good. She has all this energy. She vibrates really high. I know if I get with someone like that, I'm going to be okay. And they're not eligible to rock with somebody at that, at that level because they got some stuff they got to deal with. Because we all got a bag. Like nobody is perfect. Nobody's perfect. But we have to decide. You got to be fair and you got to come to the table. You got to like lay out all your bags and allow people the opportunity to say whether or not they want to help you carry that bag or, or, or walk, work with you as you get through it or not. But you can't sign up for a role 
Because again, that's that whole, the image, the vanity, surface stuff. We're not really going to go deep. Maybe they feel like, oh, it'll never come out. But the more time you spend with a person and the more you communicate with them, it's going to come. There's going to, there's, you're going to have things come out from the person, your first girlfriend, your first boyfriend, just stuff way down the road. Previous marriages, we're older now because I'm divorced. So that, that's first question. So uh, how long were you married? And what happened to that? And da 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 da. So those are like fair questions. And so I think that people really have to take a look at themselves. And again, this is not to beat people up. This is like tools. We want to empower people with the right tools because you got to get free because the only thing, only person that's struggling is yourself. The only person that's struggling is yourself because you got these ghosts or these feelings or you've got these conversations that you need to have with people that you haven't had yet. And you're just trying to go through your day. You're trying to maneuver through life and you haven't had them yet. Again, I think the toughest ones are with your parents. My family, my background, for those that are listening, my family's West Indian. Right. So I have a Jamaican mother, Jamaican grandmother. I'm first born generation here, my sister and I. And so there are principles and standards that I grew up in. Not bad, not right, not wrong. It's just what it is. Right. Um, and so you're like, you come out and you meet other people and you're like, how do I, First of all, what, how did I get here? Right. That's the first question. He's like, well, well, then you start saying, what the hell's wrong with me? Something is wrong with me. I need to check myself because there are just things that are, you're exposed to that's spoken over you. And it's done in the heat of anger primarily because when everything's great, it's great. You're the best kid on the planet. But when people are mad and they say some stuff and they pull stuff out and you're like, and, and as a kid, you're like, oh, that doesn't have anything to do with me. I had nothing to do with that decision-making process. So I'm not really sure why I'm being blamed or called out and certain stuff like that, but you're a kid and they're paying the bills and that's where you are. But the, the legacy of that, whew, it stays on you. And so then, then when you're out in this world and as soon as someone throws you anything that's remotely attractive or anything that appeases your spirit because you had a deficit in, in your soul or in your feelings or somewhere, now you're dealing with people you got no right to be dealing with. And you're looking for things that you have no business of looking for. And so I was a person that was, well, you say you love me. You're supposed to make me happy. I was on that craziness. Like, like somebody was supposed to make me happy. Where did I get that from? This is a bunch of foolishness. Watching TV or something. I don't know. I don't know. But over time, here's the point. So over time, you realize you are responsible for your own happiness. Yes. Nobody gives that to you. Nobody can take it away. You are responsible for your own happiness. You have got to be good in the skin that you're in because you're going to have problems. That's, that's, you're absolutely right. You have to be, you're responsible for your own happiness. Mm. Now, people that we, we bring around us okay. enhances that. Okay. Sure, we want to invite people in our lives that's going to enhance our happiness. Right. And, um, but, however, we are responsible for our um, soul happiness. Mm. Correct. Mm. Um, 
And you know, it's it's interesting again you, you, in regards to intimate relationships. Yes. Because um, yeah, we're looking for people to fill to fill different voids that. Yes. Have, yes. Know, and thinking that you know what they're going to fit this. Yes. And that's a lot of responsibility. Huge. And, you know, and I've had this discussion with other colleagues in that um, this notion of romantic love, romantic intimacy, it's it's somewhat of a new concept. Does it? Is it really? Really? Yeah, you kind of think about it. You know, most, most societies, you, know, you have arranged marriages. You have you know, right. people get married. You know, the rich person from this village marries this person from okay. this village. So this notion of what we're, what we're um, creating now, it's, 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 fairly, it's a fairly new concept to some extent. And thinking that one person is going to fulfill all of those needs, um, that's something to really consider and think about, which is why when I deal with couples and I see a lot of couples where they're struggling, where their one mm. partner is expecting their man or their, their woman to be all of these all things. These things. It's, it's just, um, it's difficult. It's hard. It's hard. And then people are coming in with their own baggages as well. But no one person can be all things. And no one person can be all things. I'm going to say it again. No one person can be all things. But I think though, there's a a fear or a concern because then we still, there's this whole other dynamic. So when you're in a relationship, there are some people that are comfortable that you have friends that are of the opposite sex and some people are not. So then when you're in a relationship, sometimes it feels like all roads have to lead towards you because people that are involved in your, your circle, they're not comfortable with that. Right. So then you're like, well, then you stop calling or talking to certain friends because you want the person that you're seeing to feel comfortable. And so everything is, is kind of like, you know what I mean? It's in this, it's in this space. And again, it all goes back to insecurity. And then trust, and then previous experiences, because you because you got it in your head that certain things are going to happen. So it's it's a lot it's of a, different. It's, it's a lot. You know, I have one client. She says we have to do a lot of talking, huh? Like yeah, because at the end of every discussion, we have to, sounds like you and him need a conversation. Yeah, have a conversation. Sounds like you and him need to have a conversation. Yeah, talk. My God, we got to do a lot. Of, yeah, you got to talk. Because if if it poses a problem in your mind, then more likely it's a problem. And the only way to resolve it is to have the conversation mm. to talk about and figure out what we're going to do. Mm. So even the simple thing of, you know, some people are okay with their mate having friends the opposite sex. Mm. Right? Some mm -hmm. people aren't. So yes. you have to have a discussion of what is that really going to look like. Mm -hmm. Because, again, it could impact you. Right. If it's about letting go of people that's been your friends. Been your long, friends for a long time. How do you do that? And is this going to, you know, how does this impact? impact yes. me and how will it right. impact the relationship mm -hmm. and um you know so these are all the the things and and one thing I, I do talk about with couples is it's really important to identify um what you are expecting from a mate you know mm. i don't think people really do that in, mm. in, the, in the because again i have an idea what a husband should be you probably have an idea my partner have what a wife should be but then my idea of what a husband should be is based on my upbringing, my experience, mm -hmm. my this, your ideas mm -hmm. based on your experience. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. guess what? It could be totally two different things. Yes, we're using the same words, husband and wife, but we could be talking about two, two different type of concepts. different things. So we need to talk about it. Yeah. You know, because again, what I what I think tends to also happen in relationships is people argue and, and, and people get into things over over things that they just disagree about because what well, this I was expecting a wife to do this or I was expecting my partner to do this and mm. she's like, Well, this is not what I do. I wasn't expecting that. Right. That's not my role. Um, 
even the simple thing is as cooking, and which is you know it's okay for <laughs> for a man to want a wife or mm-hmm. a partner that cooks, sure. Mm-hmm. But then if she's coming from the the um, the belief that that's not what she believes and she doesn't cook, then that's going to create a problem. That's going to be so a problem. We have to have a simple conversation about that, mm-hmm. or else we're constantly arguing. And I've had that happen in the in a relationship where a lot of their arguments was because she would come home and he'd been home all day and he hadn't cooked a thing, hadn't done a thing to feed him. And feed himself, waiting for her to come and cook. Because his, uh, in his life, his mother did that. She was a caretaker, a homemaker, and she was able to do that. So right. that's what he saw as what right. and the, mm. the mother does and, the, and, a, and a woman does. And so he expected her to automatically fall into that role. Mm-hmm. That wasn't how she was raised or brought up. I'll do it for you. She didn't have a problem doing it. But yeah. if you've been home all day, you cook yourself. Oh, you take care okay. of yourself. Okay. But they needed to have that discussion. Yeah. Or else the more they continued... Here, here they were having arguments and fights about Yeah. I mean, the times are different, right? Um, 51. So you're talking about 50 years ago, 40 years ago, where uh, parents or people got together, the dynamic, the workforce, the world was just extremely different, right? So um, I grew up in a single-parent home, uh, single-family home, so my dad didn't live with us. He, he and my mom never married. So it was always working women in my house, like strong women that thought they dress nice. <laughs> they, dress nice. they dress nice. They get up, they go to work. Um, polite, professional women um, about business, like handling business. I've, I've seen the women in my family uh, raise a family and manage and pay the bills. And it's no diss to men. They just weren't in our, it wasn't in, in our space. Um, I had a good relationship with my daddy, just didn't marry my mom. Okay, I got it. Um, but back then, men had jobs, realistically, and they made enough. It wasn't a lot, but they, they their wife may not have to work, didn't have to work, so they were the provider. Um, during those times, when men are prime are the uh, provider, ultimately they make the decisions of the house, right? So the mom is the caretaker, as you said, the nurturer. She cooks, she washes the clothes, she's home every day. The kids come home, they see her face. She helps with the homework while he's making the money. He's doing what he's doing. Twenty eighteen, different, different, totally well, different. Different, different, and the same in some ways too. Those roles, because this is another discussion. Say it. A lot of women. Come on. Those roles that you said that you identified mm-hmm. that women did 50 years ago. Women mm-hmm. are still doing the work. Mm-hmm. Still. And working. And working. <laughs> and food working. Food is still expected to be ready. Yeah. So it may not be for the, for the husband, but nope. definitely the kids got to eat. The kids got to eat. It's the same thing. So it's a, it's a, um, it's more responsibility on us. Not that we've asked for it. It's just the way the society is. It's, you know, people, I tell people all the time, corporate America is getting two for one. There's people realize that a black woman is a double minority. She's black, one minority. She's a woman, that's two. So instead of really allowing more black men in the roles, they can get a woman in the role. So that satisfies and appeases the code, the code that they have to, the quota that they have to meet. But meanwhile, the, the, the family is broken because blah, 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 fill it in, right? But it's a different time, right? There's, we have different responsibilities and different roles. Anybody that want to step and say, I got you, I'll sit down. <laughs> I will sit down. I'll just run Real Chicks Rock all day. I'll sit down. But unfortunately, 
everybody in the house has to work, you know, and just to, just to make bills, just to make bills. So it's a, it's a different dynamic. And so we are totally different. We're totally exposed to different things, different nuances. So the behaviors we saw as children, some of it doesn't really exist today in our household. We can, I mean, you, to your point, Natalie, you have it, but then there's other things too. So with that, people are, um, they like, men tend to like a woman that's a go-getter. That's what they say. <laughs> that's what I've been told. They like, oh, I like, oh, I like the fact you, 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 you running your own business. You're doing this, you're doing that. You're a single mom. You're doing that. Oh, it reminds me of my mom, you know, blah, blah, blah. Oh, checking the box, blah, 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 blah. But then when they're in the role, Hello. Is this, is this on? So I don't know if this, I don't know if this is on. You guys are in a relationship <laughs> role. And you're just all over the place. <laughs> Too busy. I don't, you, you're, listen, you're just not making enough time. I don't think you got time for me. I don't think, I don't think this is going to work because you're not going to be able to make time for me. And I need time and attention in the relationship in order for it to work. This is real talk. So healthy relationships, this is what we're talking about. So my thing is, I want you to look and read. Check, go to the website, go Google, read a bio. Be sure. be sure you're going to be comfortable with what you think you want to sign up for. Okay, I'll just let that sit for a minute. Be sure. You got to be honest with yourself. Single mom, that means single mom, single parent. That means child. That means child will need me. That means there, you know, it, you, you have to be sure you know what you want. What that looks like in, in reality. It, thank you. Cause it looks great on paper. Okay. And I think that is in relationships that does become, um, a lot. Yes. With a lot of what I've seen, and, and I have a client currently, and that's a lot of her. She's a nurse, mm. and um, a lot of the women are um, in positions where they're they're working, they have their own homes, you know, they have all these things, and um, they're constantly on the go. Mm-hmm. They're involved in mm-hmm. things. They're trying to create businesses, mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. Um, and still. I think the other thing too, and still also when they when they get into relationships, they're trying to also accommodate their partner. Yes. You know. Yes. Then how much can you do? How much you know? How much is enough? How much accommodating can you do? I don't know. You know, but conversations. Conversations are needed. Natalie, are are the needs for girls different than boys when it comes to healthy relationships? Um, I think the foundational things are the same. Um, I mean, we live in a culture where, and, and it's a culture, you know, societal expectations, cultural expectations, so we can't deny, just like this needs for blacks and whites different. Yeah, there's some basic things that's the same, but mm-hmm. we have to look at the culture and how society views women versus how society views men and boys. So then, yes, there does become a different type of conversation um, outside of the basic things, we everyone should be treated with respect. Mm. You know, mm-hmm. everyone should be treated um, um, with um, 
with honor and, and respect. And it's not okay to put people down. It's not okay for people to put you down. It doesn't matter who, who it is, boy or girl. Right, so right. There's certain things that's, that's, that's basic. However, um, men are not necessarily objectified. Women are. Mm. Women are objectified. Mm. And when we talk about relationships, so I have a 16-year-old son. Mm -hmm. And when he talks about girls and he describes girls, so how he does that based on everything he sees okay. put out there, okay. then that conversation with him has to be different. But that conversation with him has to be different in terms of, okay, what are you looking for when you're looking for a, a young lady? Mm -hmm. um, so yes, so it's different yet um, same term. Mm. It's the same yet different based on boys and girls. Do you think that... Um the, the peer pressure starts to happen a little bit um, in just being in a relationship, right? Yes. Right? It does happen. How early does it happen? Typically, what, 12, 11? Or? I would say so. Definitely middle school. Yeah. Um, and definitely by ninth grade, mm -hmm. it's definitely strong. And so yeah. I remember my son again saying, Mom, I'm the only one who doesn't who hasn't had a girlfriend yet. And by then he was already in ninth, ninth grade, mm -hmm. right? Um and so, yeah, in his mind, they were, him and his friends were having the conversations about, about girlfriends. They were having the conversation about sex. Mm -hmm. um, in and, ninth grade. Oh, yeah. Yeah, in, yeah, in ninth, yeah, in, yeah. In ninth grade. Yeah, yeah. And so... Um, I can't even act surprised. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, and again, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And also as a mom, it's difficult. Yeah, yeah. But, um, you know, keeping a... A poker face is really important because I want to hear what you have yes. to say. You know, and so I can't be... I know. About that? Um, <laughs> so I want to hear what's going on. I want to listen in. I want right. to hear your, you know, mom, what do you think about that? I want him to come to me and mm -hmm. ask certain questions mm -hmm. so I can have an idea what's going on in their minds. But yes, relationships. Um, and that starts early on um, again, because again, these kids, their first relationships are their parents and whomever is going on, whatever's right, going on right, in their lives and right. whomever's in their lives. And so, yes, when they meet these boys at school, then it mirrors, you know, if there's a, a dad that's not there or that's not consistent or if there's a, a, a you know, my son was telling me about one particular situation, one girl was... Um, um, hurt and pain and then so she was numb and they were talking about how they're numb and um, you know they don't want to get hurt and they're having these discussions and they're still kids you're already hurt you're already hurt and you're a kid <laughs> but then you're already hurt because the, your family already hurt you you know so now you're, yeah. you're of course you're afraid of being hurt by this boy mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know because you've already been hurt by by other people so what do you say to your son do you talk to him as a therapist or as a mom or both I think at times it comes out as both, okay. but I try to do it uh, just strictly as a mom. Um, but it's hard. It's hard. Give us a tool, Natalie, because a lot of us are parents and we don't know what to say, mm -hmm. especially as we've watched our children, especially those of us that have a very close relationship with our children. Like we mm -hmm. see them every single day. Um and you see them evolve. They're turning into oh, this, yes. this different person and it's part of the progress, the process. That's what mm -hmm. they're supposed to do. So what, when they come, you know, if our kids come to us about sex, any tips or suggestions as to what we can offer up as a parent to help yeah, them? Yeah, I do think it's important for parents to first identify their, their views on sex. Mm -hmm. Okay. You know, because again, who we are and what we believe is what we're going to give off to our children. Okay. Right? And okay. so if I already talk about, you know, sex is, you know, the devil, you know, you know, talk about sex. So more likely my child will not be coming to me yeah. talking about sex. Right. Um, 
And so we have to kind of identify what our views are, what our expectations are, and it needs to be conversation with our children. Mm-hmm. Um, whether whether it's the belief of abstinence, whatever that belief is, right. I think it's important to have the conversation. Right. Okay. And also having the conversation to allow the child to 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 be who they're going to be. Because mm. just because I believe you shouldn't do something doesn't necessarily mean this is what the child is going to believe or do. Mm-hmm. Right. And so there still needs to be room for for the conversation. That's so not easy. It's important to uh, to pay attention to our kids. Yes. Right. And it's important to not dismiss. The other thing you mentioned, I'm, I'm Haitian originally, so ah. I'm from Haiti, right? And then so going back to the Caribbean culture, yes. and, and it seems like a lot of cultures, in, in a lot of cultures, kids are dismissed. Yes. You're seen and not, not heard. Nobody heard. wants to hear what you nope. guys say. Nobody want to hear why you're crying. Did that? No. Just, Go to your you room. Do I need it done. I don't Don't come out till I call else. you. Right? <laughs> and so in most cultures, children do not have a voice. Yes. You know, they're not, your, your opinion doesn't count. What you have to say doesn't count. And so there's a lot of kids who test that. And of mm. course, those are what they say, the difficult children. But again, those are also people who, like I tell clients, and I, you know, those are people who change the world. Because again, there's people oh. who stand up to the status quo. Yeah. As, as authority figures, as parents, we are the status quo. Mm. And there's people who stand up to that because just because I say something doesn't always make it. So make it right. Yeah. Right. So, so we need people who's going to stand up to the status quo and make changes because mm-hmm. changes are necessary. Right, but overall, we do need our kids to be compliant and know that there's consequences for non-compliance as right. well, right? Um, and so, yes, with our children, we need to be able to listen to the things they have to say. So uh, we want to engage them. Not, not dismiss, but engage them in mm. conversation. Turn towards them. So oftentimes when kids are trying to talk to us, if, if we're I don't have time. I don't have time. Mm. You know, I get, I'm busy. Mm. I'm doing this. Or I get mm. so much stuff to think. Guess mm. what? After a while, they stop asking. They stop. They stop. They stop asking. They stop mm-hmm. conversing. Because kids are paying attention to us just as much as we're paying attention to them. Yes. And so it's important to to be open with them mm. and allow them to come talk and, and listen to the things. And definitely your values Enforce your values, but also give them the opportunity to talk about what's going on with them. Because again, they're influenced by so much mm-hmm. out there, and we need to hear, and we need to help them problem solve. So yeah. the other thing that happens too is when we're constantly making decisions for the kids, they're, they're not they they don't they don't learn how to problem solve. Uh, critical critical thinking, uh, right? And so, you know, I have a sixteen year old. Like I said, yes, mm-hmm. at fifteen he got his learners. At sixteen he's driving. Um, because again, those are some some tools in order to function and become more independent and self-sufficient and so those are tools that my parents did for me and those are things that i think is important for him yes it's scary it's 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 like oh my god i gotta let you go but again these are the times to learn some of those tools and skills because again i can't wait till you're 18 going off to college to to learn critical thinking to learn how to do things by yourself it's hard um it's hard so these are some things you, you know as parents yes it's about um Again, conversation, knowing your child mm-hmm. as well, because every child is different. Every child is different. Um, some children, you could give them some leeway. Some of them, they need a little bit more structure, structure. but structure um, within 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 still room to be creative. Right. Right, because their creativity is important. Um, but again, the, the main thing I would say as parents is we need to move towards our children, turn yeah. towards them and engage them, not dismiss. You know, when they're saying things like, they have something to say. We don't want to say, oh, it's, it's no big deal. Oh, it's nothing. Oh, you're just a kid. Why, what you stressed about? Kids have a lot of things to be stressed yeah, about. Yeah, they do. 
Kids have a lot of things, whether, you know, whether it's just being stressed about their parent who's stressed, (laughs) they do because a lot of them worry about their parents. That is true. You know, um, that is true. Yes. And so, yeah. And, and whatever it is they're feeling, it counts and we need to validate that. Yeah. It's a lot. You said a lot there, Natalie. It's a lot. For some of us, we're breaking cycles, yes. right? Because a lot of the information, even though we look like law-abiding citizens, there are still some holes, some pockets in our soul just because of right. what we saw growing up, what we were exposed to, what we were told, what was spoken over us. And so now we're an adult, we're parents, we have to instill certain things in our children. Right. It's a huge responsibility. It is. They don't come with instructions. We're trying to break cycles. We're trying to take the good that we got from our parents put it in our kids still give them an opportunity to be themselves within limits then the whole platform the whole world has changed because it's different so um, i look at my son as gold because when he is 16 and if he's wearing a hoodie please fill in the blank Right. Correct. Right. So there are, oh, and on. my son loves, <laughs> and so you know. Interestingly enough, yes. in the conversation with him is because he loves hoodies, and right. I embrace again because it's authenticity as well, right? Um, but then when we go to a corner store, the or the certain stores, I tell him your hoodies on. Mm-hmm. Okay. There's there's messages that come with that. You need to be aware of that. Right. 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 So you, so you got to take the hoodie off. Yeah. In those yeah. circumstances, it's just different yeah. things that we have to account Point for out. with our kids now yes. than we did when we were growing up. And so these are some of the things as well that we have to factor in and be cognizant of um, in just raising our children. And again, promoting an environment where relationships can be healthy, yes. because what we pour into them, they're going to put it into the people that they date, their friendships. Right. And then hopefully when they get married or they have a life partner or whatever the case may be and situation may be. So we want to try to um, give them what they need so that they can be successful in sure. that area in their life. Yes. Because nobody wants to wait until they're as old as me mm-hmm. to, figure, <laughs> to figure this stuff out. But again, the, the main thing I would say as parents is we need to towards our children turn towards them and engage them not dismiss you know when they're saying things like they have something to say we don't want to say oh it's it's no big deal oh it's nothing oh you're just a kid why what you're stressed about kids have a lot of things to be stressed about they do kids have a lot of things whether you know whether it's just being stressed about their parent who's stressed (laughs) they do because a lot of them care worry about their parents that is you know um that is true yes and so yeah and and whatever it is they're feeling it counts and we need to validate that. Yeah, it's a lot. You said a lot there, Natalie. It's a lot. For some of us, we're breaking cycles, yes. right? Because a lot of the information, even though we look like law-abiding citizens, there are still some holes, some pockets in our soul just because of right. what we saw growing up, what we were exposed to, what we were told, what was spoken over us. And so now we're an adult. We're parents. We have to instill certain things in our children. Right. It's a huge responsibility. It is. They don't come with instructions. We're trying to break cycles. We're trying to take the good that we got from our parents put it in our kids still give them an opportunity to be themselves within limits then the whole platform the whole world has changed because it's different so um, i look at my son as gold because when he is 16 and if he's wearing a hoodie please fill in the blank 
Right. Correct. Right. So there are, oh, and on. my son loves, <laughs> and so, <laughs> you know, interestingly enough yes. in the conversation with him is because he loves hoodies and right. I embrace again, because it's authenticity as well. Right. Um, but then when we go to a corner store the, or the certain stores, I tell him your hoodies on. Mm-hmm. Okay. There's, there's messages that come with that. You need to be aware of that. Right. 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 So you, so you got to take the hoodie off. Yeah. In those yeah. Circumstances. It's just different yeah. things that we have to account Point for out. with our kids now yes. than we did when we were growing up. And so these are some of the things as well that we have to factor in and be cognizant of, um, in just raising our children. And again, promoting an environment where relationships can be healthy because what we pour into them, they're going to put it into the people that they date, their friendships. And then hopefully when they get married or they have a life partner or whatever the case may be, a situation may be. So we want to try to, um, give them what they need so that they can be successful in that area in their life because nobody wants to wait until they're as old as me to (laughs) figure figure this stuff out, you know, and I'm making jokes of it because, um, there are milestones in my life that I can tell you when certain things, so certain coats I dropped off, like I stopped wearing certain things. So like today I'm not carrying anybody else's stuff. Yeah, I'm not, Mm -hmm. I'm not doing it. So, um, if you got a problem with yourself, I think you go do what you can. I'll support you. I'll help you. But I, you know, an older me, I, years ago would have taken on the responsibility in trying to help you get what you, and then mm -mm, Mm -mm. that wasn't the best thing for me. I'm not saying that's a wrong practice. I'm just saying that wasn't the best thing for me. That wasn't good for my self care. Right. Right. And one thing I tell people it's being nice is great. And it's important to be nice. It's Mm -hmm. important to be caring. It's important to be these things, but like everything else in regards to self-awareness is recognizing how much we're taking on because we have to learn to set boundaries, mm-hmm. right? When you're constantly caring for this here and caring for this here and caring for this, guess what? You're also, you're neglecting yourself. Right. Potentially. Right. 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 So it's, if you're doing this, sure, you could do that, but pay attention to what's going on with you too. So there's, so we create a balance. There is a balance, right? But then when you're constantly taking on, taking on, taking on and, and not feeding your soul or feeding yourself, mm-hmm. Then yeah, you're now you're burdened, and yeah. here you are with with the issues or whatever's going on with, with yourself, and um, and the other individuals never learn to do the right. things that they need to right. do, right? As well, because right? you become a handicap, become a handicap. So that's those are the other things. Everything is about balance. Yes, everything is about um, relationships. Is about reciprocity. Mm-hmm. When you're constantly the one doing. And the other person's mm-hmm. not doing anything. That's not okay. So it's, mm-hmm. there's nothing wrong with doing, right? You can't do it all. But there, you can't do it all. But at the same time, is if the other people aren't doing, yeah. then there is something wrong with that. That's that part is not okay. Mm-hmm. So you know, I would often hear people say, "Well, I, I'm not going to be nice anymore. I'm going to be mean." <laughs> you know, because it's like I'm too nice. I'm too, well, it's not you being too nice. It's not about you being too nice. It's you don't have boundaries with 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 your nice. You're nice to everyone and anything, even though the person have shown you multiple times over and over and over again, right? That they're going to step on you. Right. So when you say no, that you're not, I'm not going to allow you to step on me anymore. That's being me. Mm. No. No. You have to set boundaries. <laughs> you can still be nice, but then when you notice people are stepping on you, you know, okay. you don't have to do that for them anymore. It's not okay. Natalie's voice goes up. I get excited. I get so excited. She's like, no, it's not okay. Right. But you know, sometimes Natalie, um, 
it's sometimes it's the decisions. It's life that, you know, because I don't think that people wake up and say, I'm just going to be a clown. I'm going to be a jerk today. I I just think that life throws people certain curveballs or they make decisions with the best intent. And then the outcome is not where they wanted it to be. And so they are trying to find their way through those decisions, right? Through what, what life has been throwing them. And for some, it's difficult to still see the glass half full when you're con, when you're having to deal with some life choices, right? Sure. Um, divorce is one, like that's, that was a heavy for me. Like Mm -hmm. it took me like two years to like straighten up from divorce because you're all in. I was, I was all in Mm -hmm. and you're all in. And then you're trying to find yourself and come out. Right. right? And, and and rebuild and repurpose and redefine because there's certain things that you're just not going to do anymore. You're not eligible. You're not qualified. You're just not going to take on that role. So you're in a different space and then you're a mom, you know, you, you got, kids or whatever the case may be. So sometimes it's life because again, with the whole disappointment, I trust you took took this vow and for whatever happened, it, it didn't work out. So then you have to get to a space that you can trust again, sure. to love again, sure. respect again, just to even be open. Um, it's difficult. It is difficult. It's, and it's a easy. loss. Any, any breakup, it's a loss. So loss is not just the death of someone, which is an ultimate mm. loss, but breakups and divorce is a loss. So you have to grieve, go through the grief. I process. hate that. You know, I the hate that. Of, you know, <laughs> there's steps to the grief. I you know? hate that. Denial. I hate that. I don't even like that word grieve. I, my best friend was like, Michelle, you have to grieve. I don't like that because there's no time for how long the grieving process is going to take. That's what I don't like about it. And I understand now that you have to go through it and believe it or not, it makes you a better person. When you do that, when you get through that, you're actually breathing and feeling better about the whole situation, like whatever it was and whatever. But I, you know, oftentimes I didn't want to agree. I didn't want to deal. You didn't want to deal. I didn't want to deal. I'm I'm on the couch today, Natalie. I didn't want to deal. You didn't want to deal. And I wanted to take all of that energy, all of that focus and put it in something else. Not necessarily another person when I was younger, but maybe perhaps because you just channel and just be like, I'm not even going to deal with the grieving process of the breakup of someone. I was just, just, you just, somebody come your way. Okay. You know, you just kind of pivot and move in that direction. But as you get older, you don't, you realize, you know, being or channeling to be with someone else is not the best thing, at least for me. But I took all of that, those feelings and I just put it somewhere else. Maybe not even really dealt with it. And you didn't, you didn't deal with it. Because mm. again, imagine we have this box inside of us. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Every time we go through <laughs> things, we just kind of put everything in the yeah. box. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Eventually with, with life experiences mm-hmm. and time. Yeah. That box become very, very heavy. It's heavy. It's very, very heavy. Mm. And the thing is, when it's heavy like that, it does now take a toll on your body. It takes a toll on a lot. Mentally. 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 And then the other thing, what happens to every so often when it's triggered, the box opens. Oh, my gosh. And you're trying to bring everything back in the box again. 
Right. And that's a lot of work. And again, we're avoiders because again, it's too painful. It's painful. Yeah. The healing and healing. Yes. And I have to say, and I tell clients this, it's, it's going to feel worse before it feels better because you actually have to go through the box. Oh my God. Go through the box. But guess what? It's in your own. <sighs> Yeah. It does. It, it, I think when you get to a space where you accept it, I think a lot of some of it, I'm speaking for me, um, the grieving process of, of whatever the breakup or whatever, it's the acceptance part because you're still um, in that space of what it was, yes, okay. or, or, or what you what, what you wanted to be. <laughs> so you're like, hmm, I remember, like you could like map out the day. You was like, mm, you know, like days, and you knew exactly how things were, and you just go and you just kind of sit there, you just kind of bask, and you go, hmm, I remember, and then you think about what it could be was, but the reality is. Just going back to relationships with self, the thing about the grieving. So you're grieving the loss of the relationship. Yes. So you're missing the person. Yes. You're also grieving the loss of who you were to. Yes. Yourself. It's <laughs> yes. like now you have to be whoever this new person right. you're discovering yep. Yep. about you. So now you have to let go of. I got to let it go. Whatever that I had, was. I had separation. I had problems with separation. Somebody told me, you, you, cause you're a, you're a long-termer. Like I'm, I don't know if I'm a lifer. Like you, cause when you get with, you want to be forever, just be like, yeah. close the door, sure. throw away the key. I don't have to go through interviewing process with anybody else ever again. We're good. <laughs> so, so when it's over, you're like, I have this, you gotta, so somebody says, you, you just have problems. Like, oh, I go, I guess. And, you know, I struggle, I deal with it privately. So, you know, social media is not the answer in dealing with, you feel, don't put your feels on social media. At least I, I choose not to. Um, but it hits you, you know, you're, you, some days you're good. Some moments in the day you're fine. Then it hits you. Then you go through a whole, you get sad. Then you get angry and then you go, what the, then you, sure. yeah, you got a couple of, what the, yeah. Then all of that is the, grieving. all of that is part of the grieving process. But then and anniversaries bring up ooh, the, uh, certain days, certain holidays. Days. I don't like, I don't like holidays, you know, birthdays, holidays, you know, birthdays, I don't like. different things bring it all up. Again it brings it all up again. But when you get to a space where you, again, the self-care part, this was, this was it. The self-care part where you say, I deserve better. I want better. I deserve better. I got it. Then you wake up and then you begin to, um, have closure. Good for you. So that's, so now it's also shifting the relationship shifting. yourself, right? Because you now feel you deserve better. Deserve right? better. Cause there's a lot of us who don't do the self care because right. we're not taking care of ourselves. We're yeah. taking care of others. But now you feel you, you're changing that relationship with I you. I am. Right. It's incredible. I deserve better. Yeah. I deserve time to take care of me. Because guess what? When we're good, when we're taking care of ourselves, other people are also good. But we're not when we're not in a good space. Mm. Other people aren't in a good space either. Mm. Yeah, you know, is it manifests in our in our actions and our behaviors? It's tough. It's yeah. tough. It's tough. It's so the, I guess the answer is the key to 
a lot of this is, at least for us, it's same thing I always say when you're on the plane. First thing they tell you is when the oxygen yes, mask drops, right? Do. You have to take care of yourself first Correct. before you could take care of your loved ones, your kids or anything Correct. like that. And the same thing in relationships, just in order to have the healthy relationships, you have to take care of yourself first. You have to identify really who you are and what your needs are. Definitely. And then you have yes. to instill the practice and it's daily. It's a daily practice. It's a daily thing. For some people, it may be more frequent throughout the course of the day, Mm -hmm. but it's a daily thing and your, your needs can change as the day changes. So what you may need on a Sunday is different than what you may need on a Wednesday. So don't, I don't want people to feel like what you etched in stone is what it is. It's not the end all be all because every day creates a different sensation for you. Which is why that that self-awareness becomes really critical. Mm -hmm. So one of the things I tell clients from day to day, moment to moment, you know, it's paying attention to what your body's telling you, paying attention to what your thought is telling you, you know, because again, throughout the day, we're, we're, we're in different space Mm -hmm. of time. Mm -hmm. Right. And so in this moment, if my body is feeling heavy and it's telling me I'm kind of stressed, I have to take something, have to do something about that because again, life will continue to happen Mm -hmm. and it'll become overwhelming. Mm -hmm. Right. So yes, you're absolutely right. Throughout the day, every day, different parts of the day or or the week, however, often paying attention to what you need Mm -hmm. in order to be your best self. Mm -hmm. Because when you're your best self, whatever comes, you could better tackle it. Right. But when we're not our best self, it's hard to tackle it's it. Hard. I use the example of like a swimmer. You know, the waves is constantly, life is kind of like waves, right? There's mm-hmm. constant waves. Mm-hmm. When you're already going in the water and you're not a good swimmer, right? And so when the waves come, you're constantly feeling as if you're drowning, right? But the, what, what we tend to do is we're trying to focus on, okay, how are we going to escape that wave or, you know, paying a, looking out for the next wave so that we could, rather than focusing on being a better swimmer, mm. just focus on what you could do, which right. is just be a better swimmer. swimmer. Be a better you. Just be a better you. Mm. When you're a better you and the wave comes or life happens, you're better able to manage it because you're at, you're being your best. You're at your best. But when you're, when you're not, when you're focusing on so much of these other distractions, you're not well, you're not your best. So when the thing come at you, first you're already here. When this other thing comes, you're just, just, yeah, you're just overwhelmed. You're overwhelmed even more. Right. Overwhelmed even more. So, so the best work is taking care of you, getting rid of some of those baggages. So Mm -hmm. as life happens, because life, that, that part is guaranteed. Guaranteed. Just like death. Right. It's guaranteed and we <laughs> like, have no just control like over how it comes or yes. what it comes, right? Yes. But what we can't control is um, what we do and how we respond and how we react when it, mm-hmm. when it happens. Yeah. That's what we can't control. And, and in order to do that is how do we be our best? Well, you know, the, uh, I'm going to say this other thing, too. Um, uh, oftentimes, we do not want to deal with anything by ourselves. Right. Um, we don't want to deal with ourselves. We don't want to deal with life. So we feel it's better to have someone in our life for whatever reasons. We feel like being in a relationship is an achievement. Yeah. Right. It's like check the box. I's married now. Check the box. I'm got a man now. Check the box. Like it's a it's an accomplishment. Well, and again, it. and I'm and I'm curious again, societal expectations, mm-hmm. cultural expectations. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. again, a lot of what we speak of is from this Eurocentric, even the expectations of of, of family and, and and a lot of things. So when I speak on things, I am aware I have to pay attention to. I'm speaking things from 
from this perspective, this Eurocentric perspective. Okay. So even though we are African Americans, we're African Americans living here in the U.S. Yes. In, in, in yeah. the Western world, right? Yeah. So our concepts of what family is and all these things is based on on that and, and mm. what's what's you know this view of we need to be married happily ever after mm. and all these concepts. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, this is what's been bombarded. <laughs> so yeah, we feel as if that's what needs to happen, which is why we have people who, if they're not married, it's an issue. If they're not in a relationship, it's an issue. If they're not, if they don't have kids, it's an issue. Right. And who says, who says, who says, who you says? Know? So then at the end of the day, I bring it back to that person, you know, who says it has to be that right. way. I get, I get where it comes from. And we talk about those concepts right? because again, who we are is also based on our, our culture and our society. Right. So sometimes I have to bring all that stuff into yeah, the yeah. session as well. Mm-hmm. Okay. Where did this come from? Where did this notion of this has to be this, where, where did that come from? Okay. But who says it has to be? Who says, right. I think it's fear. I think it's fear. And I think it's, um, you know, insanity is doing the same thing over and over and you think you're going to get a different result. So if the problem is you, why do you continue to bring people in your space when the problem is within you? You got to deal with yourself. So I think it's, you know, a fear of, I don't really want to deal with that. Sure. It's scary. It's, it's scary to have scary. to face that reality of, of not necessarily something's wrong. And then, and, and, it, and in some ways it could be that what is wrong with me and that itself also, we put judgment on things, Yes, okay. you know? And so, you know, I try to, in my sessions really try to take away the judgment. And so can, what is wrong and what is wrong? We're trying to figure out what is wrong. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. What's wrong with figuring out what is wrong? Obviously there's something that's creating some type of distress for you and unhappiness for yes. you. We have to figure that out. Yes. And there's nothing yes. wrong with trying to figure that out, right. whatever that is. We right. can label it in different ways, but let's try to take away the judgment. So I try to really, um, try to be a non-judgmental space for clients, Awesome, you know, to talk and to really let go of all the things. And, you know, clients say all type of stuff. And I have to say, and I have <laughs> no. to say, and yeah. they will say, is that bad for me to think? I'm no. like, you know what? If this no. is how you feel, it's okay. There's nothing bad with how you're feeling. It's just how you're feeling. You're so good now what? Now what? We what do we do about it? Yeah, that's the thing. You know, now now what do we do? Action about plans, this? Right. Right. right? Right, right. Because because I don't want you to continue to feel this bad, and then now there's shame. No, I'm I'm a bad person, or I'm unworthy, and then he creates this whole other thing. It's like, well, I get okay. That's now, another now word do do? I don't like: unworthy. Mm-hmm. I don't like grieving and I don't like, un- I don't, <laughs> I grieving unworthy. the grieving process and I don't like unworthy. Yeah. I don't like those words because it puts you in a space where you just think that you're not. And, 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 there and you, go. you Ultimately, are right. Which is what, again, that first relationship is with ourselves because again, Ooh. whatever we're telling ourselves, we automatically put ourselves in that space to believe whatever it is we're that's been told to us and that we've now replaying in our heads. So yes, it creates that space. And when it creates that space, it creates that space, um, through our thinking emotionally in our behavior and everything. And now here we are, this cycle of dysfunction, dysfunction. I don't like that word either. It's a lot of words I don't like. It's, when a you it's a couple of words I don't like because it has a tone or a currency that comes with it or a vibe. And I just, I just don't like it. So Natalie, here's the hard part. Cause we, uh, we talked about it early on in the conversation, but when do we go and get help? When do we get, cause we just don't go and we don't talk. We don't, we don't talk. get counseling. We don't go see a therapist. We don't even know. Like I ain't doing that. People are like, I ain't nothing wrong with me. I'll be all right. Well, 
And I guess, again, I think for people, it's really paying attention to you and you know yourself best, right? Mm. Um, you know, again, oftentimes when people start to feel overwhelmed, you know, one thing most of the time when clients come is because they're here. They're here in terms of there's no more room for anything else. Mm. You know, it's feel, mm. they're feeling as if there's no more room, whether it's emotionally, okay. they're low in their, in, their, in, their, in their feelings, depression. You know, and again, with suicide, it was Suicide Awareness Month last month. Mm -hmm. But again, people who are often take their own life, it's at, in those moments, they're feeling as if they have no other options. No other they're options, just overwhelmed yeah. with, with, with whatever. Yes. You know? And so, yeah, when that starts to happen, it's important to seek help. Um, because again, who we are is also based on our perspective. So mm -hmm. you might feel as if there's no other option. And then here you talk to somebody and somebody gives you this... Oh, whole new way of seeing things. Whole new way. Whole new way of seeing things. Yes. Right? Which is what therapy could do. Mm. You know, therapy could do so much for individuals and just be a space for people to talk be, without judgment, to feel safe and mm. talk. And so that itself takes a load off. A lot of people are saying, I've never, I've never said that to anybody before. <laughs> I've never said that to anyone. Yes. They're, the worst part about whatever was going, I've never said that. Like, oh, and they I, feel better when they say it. I feel so much better. Yes. So guess what? You, you're still here. We're yeah. Still here. We're still, we're still, we're still good. here. We're still we're good. Still we're still good. Right? Natalie, do you think um, faith helps us? Yes. So research shows that people who have faith and have some type of spirituality, okay. they're more resilient. Mm. Right. And again, it's our beliefs because again, faith is also a mindset, your, your, your belief in whatever it is that, that you believe in. And so if you believe that, um, God will make everything okay, God will make everything okay. Mm -hmm. And that shifts a lot of things for you. It shifts a lot of things. Yeah. Sure. So then people, yes, it does show that people who have strong um, spirituality and faith are more resilient to difficulties to difficult in handling their difficult mm. times and stuff like that. Yes. So yes, faith plays a big part in, in, you know, giving us something outside of ourselves to believe in, mm. you know? Mm. So, mm. Mm -mm. Will we ever be healthy? Huh? Really? I feel like we're, we're, you know, well, the thing about healthy too, you know, just the collectively and you're talking about also individually, individually, I think, I, I believe we can, and it doesn't mean we're perfect. No. Right. And it doesn't mean we won't make mistakes. I make mistakes all the time. Yeah, exactly. We all make mistakes. I do. All it's time. hard for people to realize that I make mistakes. I'm like, I do. I do. It's not intentional. I just make, just make right. Oops. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And you know, it's interesting too. It's, it's funny because I have a lot of clients who, 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 who are a certain role in their, in their family's life. Cause we play roles. Mm -hmm. We have strong roles in relationships, going back to relationships. Right. We, we, our role is a certain way in every relationship that we have. Right. And one of the things you had said earlier, which was important, um, it's a, reciprocal mm -hmm. right and so if if my if my role with you is always to kind of take on um your stuff or every time you're doing something i take it on after a while guess what that becomes the relationship so when you said something about um people don't intend to hurt mm -hmm. you're right a lot of people mm -hmm. don't walk around intending to hurt people mm -hmm. but they just do things based on their patterns their own patterns mm -hmm. their own habits their own this mm -hmm. so when i'm feeling overwhelmed because everybody keeps dumping their stuff on me mm -hmm. not literally in my profession no not right, right. That, but <laughs> i just feel it right it's not because that's what they meant to do even, right. though I'm, even though i'm starting to attack you because why are you keep why do you keep coming to me with this mm -hmm. right but i've allowed it 
yes, it's what you allowed. I've allowed it for yeah, a long time. So this is allowed. what they're going to just naturally just do. do. It's not that they're doing it all. So, so yes, when, when you talked about also when we start to shift our behavior and do something different, it does also create issues in relationship because now I have to tell you, no, I'm no longer taking on your stuff. I'm giving it back to you. You hand it to me. I have said, no, I it take back it to you. Back. Now you're looking at me like, what's wrong what's with you? What's wrong with you? Now you want to curse me out because I'm giving it back because <laughs> you're so used to me taking it. I'm, no, I'm giving it back. Right? So that creates issues in the relationship. It's a a shift. I'm learning to just say no. And then people, what? No. What? No, I can't do it. Can't do it. It's, 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 yeah, it's, you got to. It's part of my self care. Because I can't, I I realize I can't do it all. And I'm not supposed to do it all. You're not supposed to do it all. And people have to be okay with that. I am. You have to be okay with that. I'm and then, okay and with that. the first person who has to be okay with that is you. Is me. If you're okay I'm with okay that, with and that. then now you teach other people to be okay with they that. They gotta be okay. It's not that I don't love you. No, I don't like you. It has nothing to do it has with nothing love. Nothing to do with Nothing that. to do with love. Because mm-hmm. people, there's plenty of people who love people and hurt them. You know, so love, and then there's plenty of people who love people and disrespect them. There's, Ooh. you know, we could love people and that doesn't mean we, um, don't do things to disappoint, to hurt, you know? Yeah. So, and again, I think that's the other thing too, that's associated with, with, with that too. You know, people that love us do disappoint us. They do say things and, and it's about having conversations to make amends, to amend, to mend the relationship mm-hmm. because sometimes it may be intentional. It may not be intentional, but the only way to know is we have to talk about it. We have to figure out what the issue was. Mm-hmm. Um, so yes, communication is a really important part of relationship, even the toughest the toughest conversations. And one of the biggest things that I tell clients in terms of when I notice they have a hard time communicating, because again, once I start talking, you might get defensive. It may come off all Mm -hmm. wrong, you know, Mm -hmm. all type of things happen. Mm -hmm. And here we are still stuck in the same situation. Mm -hmm. Verbal communication. So that's verbal communication. I talk a lot about written communication, Yes, you know, because again, sometimes when you're having a hard time expressing it verbally, or you don't have a hard time expressing it verbally, but the person gets offended before you even get the second word out. Maybe we need to communicate written Mm -hmm. and seeing how that goes, because the key is the thing needs to come out. And then once it's out, then we could have some other conversation. So it's figuring out other ways of communicating Communicating. and and teaching communication skills Mm -hmm. as well, because people communicate, but sometimes it's all wrong. Yes. You know, by cursing, by this, it's just all wrong. So learning how to communicate and learning how to listen effectively, because a big piece of communication in relationships is also how to listen. Um, do you have to remember what you said too? <laughs> a lot of times people don't remember what they said. Because when we're, especially when we're saying things out of anger and frustration yeah. and out of our emotion. Right. Right. Um, and so, in, so, so a lot of times we are very emotional and so we do and act and say things on our emotion. And so at that time, people, I don't want to say people shouldn't hold us accountable for that because mm-hmm. we have to hold, we have to pay attention to, to ourselves too and know we are emotional and this may not be a good time to communicate. Yes. Yes. Right. Yes. But again, on both parts, we say things when we're mad. We yeah. say things that we shouldn't say, and it's not necessarily that it was meant to be that way, or there's so much things built up. And so, yeah, we have to take a step back and do hold ourselves accountable and take responsibility, but then also recognize, okay, what are other ways of communicating? And, mm-hmm. uh, and to say the same thing, to say what the things I need to say, but what other ways we could say that. Mm-hmm. And that's a skill. It is. That's a skill. Because yeah. oftentimes people's like, well, I'm just honest. I just say what's on my mind. That's great. It's great to be honest and say what's on your mind, you know. But then if you're offensive, you yeah, know, then, then that's then, good. Then, that's you, not good. then whatever you said is not hurt. 
Mm. You want you want to say what's on your mind and also be heard. Being heard is the other piece of communication, right? If you tell me something, you want to know that I've heard it and that I listened. Right. 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 So, so that's the two way piece of that communication too. So you want to be heard when you're saying something that you feel is important. You want to make sure the person got it. Well, if you're cursing them out the whole time or saying it in a certain way, then they're not going to, they're not going to get it. So we have to figure out another way for you to communicate that. What about being direct? People take, um, they're scared of people that are too direct. People are scared of people. Why? <laughs> Why? Because, you know, again, honesty, not everybody's ready for that. Not everybody's ready for, for honesty I'm sorry. and being, I'm being sorry. upfront. And so, again, it's about, and you have to know the people we're communicating with because everybody's different. Some people you need to, you know, like we, we talk about in the, a, a skill in conflict resolution, you talk about um, the sandwich. Yes. You know, before you, when you communicate, when you're about to communicate a negative thing, you first give a compliment yes say something positive very then you get to the meaty um you know when you go to the directness and you get to the directness <laughs> and then you, you end with something positive and so i have to talk to people about that a lot and we have to practice that well maybe you could say it this way mm-hmm. you want to start off with the strength because again if in relationships oftentimes we are communicating we are arguing and it's usually fussing and nagging and we don't often so the other piece with with relationships too that's important is we don't often praise we don't often um um, not award, but, um, praise, say good things, compliment, compliment, encourage, Encur- there you go, support, empower, compliment, empower, encourage, inspire, our partners, motivate, right. All great words. Just that you did something wrong, but tell you about it. Yeah. But all the times you did something right, I didn't. You didn't say. Right. And so that's in all relationships yes. and, and with children, parent, child relationships, yes. that's, that's even, that's also very, very, great. very important. Right. Because again, when we're empowered, when someone had said, oh, you look very beautiful today, mm-hmm. you know, or, or whatever the, 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 the compliment was, oh, by the way, honey, I love it when, when you did this for me, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. um, you know, however, during that time, let's do this, you yes. know, however way the thing needs to be, but first it's recognizing the good things that they right. did do. When right. you recognize that, then, and they've seen, they see that you recognize that, then it softens. Mm-hmm. It, it softens, does. It softens the heart. It softens it the does. ears. It does. Right. And then they could hear the next thing that needs to be said, if mm-hmm. needs to be said, you know, but you know, I'd like for you to work on this, you know, cause I love it when you do that. You do yes. that so well. Right. Um, you know, maybe we could work on this. Learning to agree to disagree. Yes. That's a great one. Yeah. You have to learn to agree to disagree. Definitely. Um, I've had, I guess, disagreements and never raised my voice. We, sure. we didn't raise our voice. We just didn't see the same thing. We couldn't see eye to eye. Sure. I was like, I thought about it. I was like, we've never had an argument. I was like, wow, that's pretty, it's pretty cool. But it's, it's, I think it's about the delivery of the message okay. and then the timing of the message as well, too. Right. You know, there's, um, <clears throat> These two researchers, Gottman's, John and Julie Gottman, they're a couple and they've done a lot of research on relationships, and particularly intimate relationship, couples relationships, okay. right? And one of the things that they talk about in terms of a, a, a strong precursor for divorce is people when they're arguing, they're very intense and emotional and passionate when they're, when they're arguing. Right. Because at that point, not just, they feel it all over the body and the level of distress is becomes too much, mm-hmm. right? Versus they could versus another couple who could be arguing about the same thing, but their tone is different. Mm-hmm. Their engagement is different. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. they're, they're more likely to last versus the couple who, when they're arguing, they're feeling so, because again, it's almost like you're, you're feeling unsafe every time yeah. you have an argument. Yeah. 
Yeah. Right. That's not good. And that's not good. Right. And that's so that's, that's, so that's one of the big things, the pre- precursor for divorce. It's not as if one couple doesn't have arguments or doesn't have conflicts in their relationship. It's just how they're arguing and how they're communicating mm-hmm. and dealing with that is a lot different yes. than the other couple. So, hmm. so it's not lack of issues in a relationship that makes a relationship last. So in any relationship, it's not a lack of issues. It's a, how do you manage and work through those issues? That's what, makes a relationship last. It's not the lack of. It's not the lack of. Because every relationship got issues. Because everybody got issues. Everybody, everybody got, got stuff, something. Right? So it's not the lack of. It's how it's how handled. You get and how through it. It's how we get through it. That's what, what? Then there's people that just quit. Like runners. What about that? Well, again, the, again, if that's the pattern, because runners. things get really, really hard, right? Or things, and not just the thing, things get hard. For example, I have a client when she's, she's very used to numbing and she's been numbing for a very long time wow. since she was a kid. Whenever things become very uncomfortable for her, she shuts down. She, she dissociates herself. She, she gets out of herself and wow. doesn't want to feel the discomfort, mm. right? Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, that creates, that makes it very difficult to yes, build relationships yes, like that. Yes, yes, Right? So, so people run because they're uncomfortable. And so it's about talking about that. You're uncomfortable. That's why you're running. And it's okay. It's okay to be uncomfortable. And how do you sit with that discomfort? Mm. And so a lot of things, again, within therapy and healing, which makes it very difficult, which makes it hard. But again, in the long run, once you get over that, it's so much better. Yes, we have to sit with that discomfort. We have to sit oh, with that healing. Painful. We have to sit with all it's of painful. that. The pain, the Ooh. hurt. Because you're, you're carrying it every way. You, you're carrying it anyway. Whether you're carrying it in a box inside your body, whether you're carrying it in the box somewhere in, in, in there. And just, it comes out whenever you're, you're, you're triggered. Or whether you intend, and so this is the other thing, being intentional and mindful in caring for yourself, in, in taking care of yourself, in loving yourself, mm-hmm. being intentional and mindful in it. So we're, so the healing process becomes an intentional and mindful purpose. Wow. Yes. Cause it's going to hurt. Yeah. Cause we're going to talk Ooh. about stuff that's going to hurt, but it's being intentional <laughs> and mindful in recognizing the pain and, and dealing, going through the hurt. Oh, and versus the hurt just triggered. You just triggered and triggered and triggered and, and eh. it's tough, but it's worth it's it. But it is, it is, it is so, you, so worth you it. You gotta have healthy relationships. We gotta have healthy relationships with yourself first. Yes. So self care, self care. Talk and about taking it. care of our mental health is, is a big part of that self care. Mental health. Our mental health dictates everything. Dictates a lot of things. So start with the voices. Foundation. Start with the voices in your head. Just the voices in our head. In your soul and your spirit. Go talk to somebody. Be held accountable. Communicate. Communicate. Work on a self-care regimen. Self-care regimen. And then right. if you can't do it, then, then call my friend Natalie. Make an appointment. <laughs> That's right. How can people get with you, Natalie? Where Where are you? Where Where can they find you on social media? Yes. Yeah, so I am on social media. I have an Instagram, Esteem Counseling Services. That's my Instagram. And I do this wonderful thing called Ask the Therapist, which is Wednesdays at noon, where Ooh. I would kind of give a topic. Yeah, I've changed it to noon. Yeah, because it was at 8 o'clock, It was 8 right? p.m. Yeah, correct. yeah. And it, was, it was feeding into my self-care time. Time. Yeah. It was, was, it was good at 8, though. I'm trying though. to eat. It was nice. I'm I, trying to eat at 8. I'm trying to do different <laughs> things to care of my son at 8. Yeah. 
So, so noon. I was feeding into that. So yes, so it's now at noon. Okay. And, and from what I've seen, it hasn't been too much of a difference in terms of people who's coming, who's chiming in. Um, but again, we all have to learn to adjust. Mm-hmm. So if I need to readjust and things like that, that's You're fine. Very but definitely, it's at noon at this time. It's on Wednesdays at noon where I would ask, give a topic. So earlier that morning or sometimes the night before, I may give a topic. And I've done topics on depression, anxiety, mm-hmm. um, self-esteem, suicide. And those are different topics. I may talk about um, facts, symptoms, um, triggers, um, diagnoses, and talk about those different things in regards to those different topics. And so all those things I do on Ask the Therapist on Instagram Live, Wednesdays at noon, and then I save those also on my YouTube. So I have a YouTube channel, Mm. Natalie Ellis, where you could go check those things out too, all the ones from the past. You could check those out on my YouTube channel. Um, So that's under Natalie Ellis. Natalie Ellis. Correct. And then I have a Facebook, um, Esteem Counseling Services, my Facebook, and then um, Twitter, Esteem Counseling Services. So I'm on all those different social media. So I do a lot of things with with my Instagram and also all my social medias where I post different Mm -hmm. things, um, talk about different topics, um, because again, education is really important. So my business is esteem and esteem stands for empower self through enrichment, education and motivation. And so I'm all about making sure that with every individual that they feel empowered, enriched, motivated, and educated, because that's so important and all in the topics of mental health. Mm. So again, that's my expertise, mental health. Um, and so I'm all about that. Nice. Good stuff. Yeah, uh, we missed Erica today, and um, I I know everything's going to be okay. She's got some things that she's working on, but I did read her blog for the week. I'm on her newsletter. Yes, I read what my guests do, and so she talked about being uh, a newlywed and the importance of communication. So if she was here, she would probably echo every one of your sentiments about communications. But she learned for herself that it was important for her to check in with her husband and communicate what her needs were Mm -hmm. and just be open about that and understand what his needs were too. Yes. Because it goes both ways. So it's not just one way. It's all about me. You have to be able to be reciprocal. reciprocal. So you have to pivot and turn and be able to, um, do that dance, do that dance with your person so um shout out to erica and anthony hi those guys are taking care of some business erica's with us in spirit but that that you know that's me that's our time today we've covered a lot you know you didn't get it all so go out follow real chick everywhere um facebook live facebook living over here hi um (laughs) uh youtube uh uh instagram we're on Apple TV. We are, yeah, we're everywhere. I am every, everywhere. We're podcasting. We're doing it all. So thank you everybody for your support and for checking us out. Just follow us and not just follow, just subscribe and view and share. That's very important that you guys um, share the messages that you're hearing today because we want to empower the masses and we want people to um, be happy and have healthy relationships. It does us no good if we're the only two that are happy. We want everybody to be healthy enough to uh, be empowered into a healthy relationship so that their life here on this side of heaven is fruitful and joyful and as pleasant as possible so thanks everybody for listening i'm just going to sign out we hope you enjoyed listening to rcr presents real discussions until next time you take care and continue to rock on
God's own 